Welcome to the Wisdom and Wellness Parsha podcast, a weekly Eden Center podcast featuring Rabbanit Shani Tarragon with insights from the Parsha about women's health, relationships, mikveh and well-being. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center. Without further ado, Shani. Hello and welcome to Eden's Wisdom and Wellness for Women Parsha podcast. Many of you are probably wondering, but we don't read a regular Parsha this week. We read a special Kriya, a special selection that Chazal set aside for us to learn together as a tzibur, as a collective group, on the first day of Pesach. We read from Shmot Perak Yudbet, or in other words, we revisit Parsha Bo, the commandments that Moshe, after hearing them from Hashem, tells us with regard to our imminent exodus from Mitzrayim. And perhaps then this year, more than any other year, it's worthwhile to take a look at these psukim, not only so that we remember what it's like to read this together as an entire nation, but certainly to internalize the messages. Moshe Rabbeinu tells B'nai Israel, you're not going to leave on your own. The only way that you're going to be able to survive Makat Bechorot is if you do something, is if, number one, you take a cell as if you go inside your homes and you pre-calculate how many people are going to consume an entire lamb and you don't leave your homes and you revisit, in short, Korban Pesach. You take an animal, you split it, you basically walk between the mezuzot, the threshold of the door. You basically are reliving what Avram Avinu was told hundreds of years earlier. You recognize that God is in control of your history and God is divinely orchestrating everything that happens in your history. Only once you associate with the dam of Karban Pesach, with the blood of your history of the covenant of Ribbin Habtarim, only then may you leave Mitzrayim. And then, right after we hear that Am Yisrael leaves Mitzrayim, the Torah then tells us, Hashem tells Moshe, Zod Chukata Pesach, one other halacha of Pesach, Kol Evid Ishmekna Kesef Umatauto Azia Chalbo Toshav Sachir. We learn that only someone who is circumcised, kol arel lo yachalbo, only a circumcised member of Am Yisrael, or someone who sees oneself as Am Yisrael, is allowed to participate in the consumption of the Karban Pesach. Only someone who also associates with Brit Milah, with the promise that Hashem had also told Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov with regard to the nation, with regard to the demographics of the nation and the selection of this nation who will not only be like the stars in the heavens, but will be a nation unto God, representing the light unto the nations, a nation that's going to follow the Torah. Only once we hear about the Dam Pesach and the Dam Mila, as we find hinted to in Sefer Yechaskel, Omar Lach Bedamayichayi. Through what did we merit to leave Egypt, a land in which we were so culturally assimilated? And the answer is by associating with the blood of these two covenants, the blood of our history and the blood of our nation. And this, in fact, is not only expressed also in the Haftarah that we read, wherein when we first came to Eretz Yisrael, a fulfillment of that Brit bin Haftarim, and then the children, the fourth generation is going to come back to the land of Israel, assures God to Avram Avinu. And that, in fact, was fulfilled 
in, as we see, the time of Yehoshua. And what day did they cross the Yarden Yud Nisan? And then uh, the next day we hear that they also had to circumcise themselves after not being circumcised for 40 years in the desert. So once again comes along Yud Dalid, and for the first time since Pesach Mitzrayim, together with the Dam Mila and the Dam of the Pesach, there's going to be an active reassociation with these covenants that are then being fulfilled. And this is what accompanies us into not only the beginning, but the duration of Chaka Pesach, reminding ourselves during this very difficult time, reminding ourselves in every generation that we must revisit the Bayit, we must revisit our role in history, and we must revisit our particular role as a nation if we're going to leave whatever negaf, whatever terrible situation we find ourselves in. These are the two brito that we're soon going to recite on the night of the Seder. It is the shu'a, the covenant, the brit that God assured Avram Avinu with that never expires, that continues in every generation. And I think that it's so chilling. As you look at the last pasuk of the Haftarah that we're going to read, on the first day of Pesach, we hear about not only how they are getting ready for Karban Pesach, which is so beautiful, and that that's how Am Yisrael come into, come into Eretz Yisrael. And we not only hear about how on the day then that they celebrate the Karban Pesach, on one hand, they still have the man, the manna from heaven, and they're also eating from the first of the grains of the land. So reassuring. And then the man stops, and now they already have to prepare for the future. So notice also the transition that we had in Mitzrayim from chametz to matzah to man, and then man to matzah to chametz. We have such a beautiful transition. It's almost as if we can't go straight from man to chametz. We have to go from man back to matzah, back to chametz. And therefore, I encourage all of you to also listen to, again, a beautiful discussion with Jody Waxpress speaking about transition and speaking about transition objects and speaking about dealing with anxiety so that it's not a stark transition coming into Eretz Yisrael, but rather a very natural development and fulfillment of these promises. But what I meant with regard to the chilling pasuk, the last pasuk that we read of the Haftarah is v'yericho sogeret umsugeret mipne the last pasuk we hear about is that even while Am Yisrael are celebrating their Karban Pesach, just know that there are a lot of dangers that await them. And Yericho is sogeret umisugeret. And I can't think of a better term for the quarantine that we're all experiencing today. Is closed up. There's social distancing. No one is allowed to leave the city. They're going to receive a fine if they're caught leaving the city of Yericho. And firstly, all one can think of is, well, we know what's going to happen. We know that there is soon going to be a tremendous miracle through which Am Yisrael are going to not only be able to conquer the city, but this walled-up city are going to have its walls, its fortified walls tumble down. So too, we know this quarantine is going to tumble down. And we can't help but also think of the associations with Harsinai, which was also completely quarantined during the time of the revelation of the Shekhinah. But then afterwards, Hashem says, okay, once they hear the shofar, then they'll be allowed to go. We can't help them that wonder, is there something in the air? Bezrat Hashem, may this time period of Pesach, may this time period where we hear about Yericho, Sogeret, Mesugeret, reminds us that there are tremendous miracles that are meant to come thereafter. 
And maybe the greatest proof for this, as we know, is the story of Rachav, who does place a scarlet thread by her window, and she is going to be able to make it out of this quarantine city and ultimately join the Jewish people. She basically is going to revisit the Dam of Karban Pesach, putting scarlet on her window posts, and that's what's going to enable her to leave her own Mitzrayim, her own pain, her own suffering. Not to worry, not only are we going to get out, and not only are we going to get out of this with great fanfare and relief, but there are bound to be miracles, miracles that we should all be anticipating. There are bound to be consolation thereafter if we can only learn how to associate with our past and at the same time recognize that the promises of the nation and the promises of the land never, ever expire. I hope that these words encourage all of us as we enter into this very special Zman Chirutenu. I know that as we get closer to Pesach, our anxiety levels are only going up, perhaps even particularly this year, which is why we've invited on behalf of Eden Wisdom and Wellness for Women, Jody Wachspress, a wonderful family and couples therapist from Odiena to join us as we prepare for, Pe- for Pesach and uh, to help us deal with some of these anxieties. Hello, Jody. Hi, Shani. It's so great to have this opportunity to be here and to chat with you and all of our listeners. You know, we're going through such a confusing time. We're so familiar with pre-Pesach chaos, but this year we have a whole new level of stress that's been added, which we like to call right now the coronavirus. It's uh, it's making things a lot more complicated and throwing a lot of us off. So here, yeah, a few tips that I have um, that may be able to help. I think we need to really think about Helen Kubler-Ross and her five stages of grief um, because we're really grieving the loss of our normal what do we normally do before Pesach? We normally are running around like lunatics and some of us are more organized and some of us are less organized, but we know what to anticipate before Pesach. Right now, that's been sort of ripped up into pieces and thrown in the air. And we need to stop and let ourselves feel that grief and recognize that that's not the way it is this year. So the five stages of grief are denial. Um, is this really happening? This isn't going to get as bad as they're predicting. Um, the second stage is anger. How dare they tell me that I have to run around and get Pesach organized and homeschool my kids and clean the house and, you know, do all of these things. This is ridiculous. Um, the third stage is bargaining. Um, when we start to say, okay, so I have these restrictions and I have to stay within this amount of space and I can't visit my parents and um, but it's got to get better soon because there's no way that I'm going to ne- be able to negotiate <clears throat> to negotiate this for much longer. So please, maybe if I, you know, I'm going to daven hard or I'm going to focus on this. So, so that's going to make it change. And, you know, that's the bargaining piece. The next stage is depression. I think a lot of us are in this stage right now where we're feeling defeated and exhausted. And we're not sure how we're going to get through this much longer without falling apart. Uh, it's a hard stage to be in, and, and I've been hearing that both from my clients, my, my neighbors, um, a lot right now. But the fifth stage, which is the one that we really want to try to focus on, is acceptance. We're not accepting that this is the way it's going to be forever. We're accepting that this is the situation right now and that this is our new reality. We need to find a new normal. So Shani, I'm wondering, like, can we be real here with our listeners a little bit? Where are you feeling that you are right now? I'm 
Uh, so this is my personal status. I, I always like to think optimistically. So I think I'm already at acceptance. I'm at acceptance and even a certain stage of resolution, meaning this is just as you beautifully said, the new normal and accepting it for what it is now, knowing that it's not going to last forever and actually trying to make the most of this, you know, the most of time at home. My kids have said that they've never seen me cook so many meals <laughs> within <laughs> such a concentrated amount of time. And I know not, not everyone's there because I see it with my children, with my in-law children as well. But I think that when we do reach that stage, it's it's very redeeming. And that's our own type of chirut that perhaps we can come into Pesach with this year. Because it's interesting that in the Torah, we never find the word chofshi, again, used except for a slave who goes chofshi. And Eov talks about when you die, then you're chofshi. And al chofshi means literally ridden of any responsibilities, that you're not beholden to any master anymore. But Chazal don't want to use that terminology because they prefer maybe just as you've been speaking about more chirut, which uh, they learned from beautifully charut al haluchot, that we still feel a certain level of obligation, but we accept it. We accept it. And through this, we recognize that we're charut with Torah and mitzvot, that we understand that this is really for our betterment, our own good. It helps create even certain guidelines for our lives. But on that note, now I get to ask you, Jody, where are you in at these different stages? Yeah, well, I, I love that idea of the difference between Chayrut and Chofesh. Um, I don't know that I'm quite as advanced as you are. Um, I think that I'm sort of, you know, sort of wavering between the, um, honestly, the depression, like this feeling of hopelessness and acceptance. I'm working very hard on achieving acceptance. I know, like you said, my kids are at all different stages. Um, one of them, you know, got really sad and said to me the other night, Mommy, I've been doing this for three weeks or for almost four weeks, and I just can't do it anymore. I need to get out there and play soccer. I need to get out there and move my body. And mm-hmm. and that makes me, you know, that brings me down sometimes, and I'm trying to encourage acceptance, and I'm trying to work on myself a lot with the acceptance. And what's interesting with the chibut and the chofesh is that we can add another said word, which is chosen. Yes, um, the word chosen it's so often misunderstood. It's the word resilience in English. And we often think that resilience means bouncing back. But in in effect, resilience does not mean bouncing back. It means learning a new normal and taking a little bit of what we've learned from the chisun, from the injection of something that can be very painful, um, and, and feeling it in real time a little bit, and then using that knowledge that our body and our experience has able to make us more um, more resilient, more stronger, and be able to take what we've learned and put it to good use. That's phenomenal. That that really is the whole masacha yulishim shamayim to take what we have and to channel it properly. And I think even with regard to uh, to exercise, you know, there are so many different stories of inspiration, people doing marathons on their mere pesed and uh, trying to find new and creative outlets for whether it's the physical energy that we feel certainly we need to release, sometimes even psychological energy, and to find outlets even within uh, the four walls of, of our home and the time, concentrated time with children. 
I think just as you said, also with regard to Etzachosen, to creating also some type of regular schedule for everyone so that we can maintain as much of, uh, of normalcy as possible. I was just thinking about this, actually, when a friend of mine told me that she came from from the States on one of the last flights coming back to Israel, and she was leaving from LA and felt that as she was leaving, she was so excited to come back to her family in Israel, but she needed like one one more coffee from Coffee Bean. And I, she said, I felt like Yitziat Mitzrayim, you know, leaving and, you know, entering into this new reality and I have to take whatever I can with me, you know, to, uh, to where I'm going. And it made me think that when we left Mitzrayim, on one hand, Hashem said, okay, it's going to be Bechipazel and it's going to happen very quickly. On the other hand, Hashem also said, that on one hand, we're going to completely give up forfeit our entire Egyptian culture, stay away from chametz, you know, that sourdough bread, go to matzah. This is all, you know, very stark. You're going to leave within the next few hours. And yet at the same time, we're allowed to take a little bit of these souvenirs of the Egyptians, you know, a little bit with, you know, with us to uh, to show us on one hand, we're leaving it. On the other hand, we're taking, you know, almost our security blanket, our own chosen. And I think that's very special about this time period, you know, finding finding whatever security we have within us. And I think that there are numerous strengths and talents that we have within us that perhaps we haven't even discovered yet. And at the same time, realizing that we're, we're not in control of everything and we're not in control of most things, but we can try to, to react as much as possible within our control. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because that makes me think of the idea of what we call in, in psychology transitional objects, which is something that we use to move from one state to another. A transitional object for a baby is a um, is a bottle once the baby is moving from breast to cup or a, a security blanket that we sort of take that helps us hold on to a little bit of what was in order to get to move towards what will be. And I think, I, yeah, I'm really trying to getting the chills right now because you use the term of the shchenim, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact quote, but, but our shchenim right now are so important to us because those are the people that we can go out onto our merpeset or in my, on my block we call it the stoop. We go out for stoop time and we can look over and we can talk and we can daven with and we can sing with and we can, you know, uh, do a little bit of the seder with our shchenim. And they really are part of our transitional objects, you know, that we want to take something from what was into what will be. And that's such an important, um, such an important concept. And I think that what you brought up is so interesting, the way we can pull those things together. Yes, I'm even thinking now as well that throughout the Seder, we have a transition object. We have the matzah, which on one hand reminds us of, you know, our past, reminds us of those years of shiabud, but also that's the transition object that literally helps us transition to a state of gu'ula. So even as we undergo the traumatic retelling of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we still, you know, we still need that transition object. And it's almost if HaKadosh Baruch is telling us, okay, you're going to be in similar situations and make sure that you have that and make sure you have that ma'avar, that Pesach, literally, that takes you from from one state to another. And we know, we know we're going to make it, you know, to uh, to the next stage. The question is how well we cope in the interim. 
So uh, on that note, Jody, do you have any practical advice that you can offer our listeners for how we can help transition during this time period, knowing that there is light on the other side and maybe we can even take advantage of this time to gain strength and and even strengthen our friendships with our shchinim and uh, perhaps make this an even happier Pesach than, uh, than we anticipate. Absolutely. I was talking to a great friend and colleague, Janice, my friend in the States the other day, and she reminded me of a wonderful resource designed by Virginia Satir that's called PAIRS, P-A-I-R-S. I encourage you all to look it up. It taps into a concept called post-traumatic growth. We are all so familiar with the term post-traumatic stress disorder, but its twin sister is post-traumatic growth. In order to ensure and encourage post-traumatic growth, I'd like to look with you at two elements of Virginia Satir's Paris model. At the end of the day, whether we're talking to our kids, our spouse, parents, siblings, friends, neighbors, we want to focus on appreciation. We look back at the day and share something that we appreciate that the other person has done for us that day. This is tough right now because we are, quite honestly, on top of one another and getting on each other's nerves. Some of us are even climbing the walls, literally. So let's end the day with the positive, a thank you statement. The other thing um, that's so, so important in challenging times like these is to share a hope, a wish, or a dream that's going to help us focus on the future, that there will, Be'ezrat Hashem, be a light at the end of this tunnel. B'nai Israel made it through the Yamsuf and into Eretz Israel. They did it. They got through the tunnel. We have so many trials and tribulations in our lives, and that's a part of life. But when we conquer them, we want to look at look back at our experiences and be proud of who we were and how we existed in that time. So what will next Pesach look like? What do we wish for? What do we dream of? What would we love to be doing once this is all over? My 13-year-old son has been so inspiring to me lately. He told me yesterday that he found a piece of blackboard wallpaper and he hung it on his closet door. He literally told me that he's calling this his dream board. He was doing exactly what Virginia Satir recommends. He's writing down a new dream every day. Wow, Jody, that is so inspiring, especially as I think of the transition of the Night of the Seder, how we begin, we start off with a little bit of the negative, but we end exactly with that, with the positive. And that truly not only strengthens us, but inspires us because we end exactly with what you mentioned. We end with gratitude. We end with the Halil, and then as part of the final stage of the Brachav Magid, we don't just say, thank you, Hashem, as you said, with that gratitude for the past and even for the current redemptions of the present, but now we're confident that there's going to be a future Gula. So we take the present and we project all the positive of the present onto our dreams of the future. So uh, that really should be a phenomenal transition through the night of the Seder. So even if we're feeling some anxiety or depression now, and even if uh, we're not at the stage of acceptance yet, based on everything that you've taught us, the hope is that we will be able to progress at least in the few hours of the Seder. So let's try to maximize that. We'll be able to get to that stage and we'll be able then to continue to dream because we have a lot of dreams. And I think that that's part of the challenge of today as well. You know, everyone is saying, next year, we're going to look back and say, oh, do you remember this Pesach of Corona 2020? And the question is whether we're going to look back and say, wow, that we didn't maximize or maybe we're going to look back 
realizing that we were able to fulfill the dreams that we already set for ourselves now. So I want to thank you. This has been really so encouraging for me. I hope for all our listeners as well. So, uh, Jody Vosfres, thank you for your words of uh, encouragement and wisdom. Thank you, Shani. This has been great, and I feel like this is going to take me into my Lela Center on a much higher level with so much more to look forward to. And for me as well. Chag Hasher Vesameach. And may we dream of the Geula Hakrova Be'ezrat Hashem. This episode of Wisdom and Wellness was recorded by Shani Tarragon. Music courtesy of Shimona Gottlieb and is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media and encourage others to subscribe. We welcome your feedback, sponsorships, and support. You can reach us at www.theedencenter.com.